Hello, friend. Welcome. It's Carm Capriato with a special recording from Vision 2020. Another on-site studio panel from your premier aftermarket podcast, Remarkable Results Radio, where you are guaranteed, guaranteed to learn just one thing. Hey, did I ever tell you how much I love doing live recordings? Well, here's one of them. And here's an ode to the people who continue to make our industry as successful as it is today. A big shout out to the technical trainers. This episode will bring you a candid and transparent discussion on the craft of the aftermarket automotive trainer. Here's a taste. Not every good tech is a good teacher. Not yeah, every good yeah. teacher is a good training Absolutely. of tech, yeah, trainer of tech. True. Hey, good day, Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy, pursuing excellence in quality content through the essential voices of the aftermarket. That's what I love to do. Now, as you continue to social distance, wear masks and be safe at home, even though we're an essential business and we're open, with some extra time on our hands, you know, there's still things to learn and strategies to consider as we move into a new normal. Let our content right here on the podcast give light and bring results as we overcome our current situation. Hey, you know, life as we know it has clearly changed, but the key to staying ahead is joining your community at Apex 2020 to reconnect. Now, we're in it together, no doubt, and together we will all move ahead. The dates for Apex, November 3rd through the 5th at the Sands Expo and Caesars Forum Conference Center in Las Vegas, a perfect time to reconnect. Register now at aapexshow.com. I hope to see you there. If you're new to the podcast, we produce another great and important resource, the Town Hall Academy. Now, you don't want to miss one of these single-subject forums that are aired live every Friday on Facebook. It is repurposed as a podcast every Thursday, a fantastic resource for everything aftermarket and for the perpetual student. You know, everything we've done with a COVID theme is cataloged on my homepage, RemarkableResults.biz, all there in one place from CarmCast's Remarkable Results Radio and Town Hall Academies. And please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening app. If you need options, go to RemarkableResults.biz slash subscribe. In this episode, I'm with G. Jerry Trulia from ATTS, Automotive Technical Training Services, and they hold the big event each year. Dave Hobbs is here from Delphi Product and Service Solutions, and Peter Orlando from CTI. Now, this was a fun episode and extremely relaxed. These guys talked about the time it takes to prepare training, the relationships with their students, and how they keep them engaged, and also the lifelong commitment it takes to be great at this craft. Find the talking points for a useful career plan at RemarkableResults.biz slash E532. Hey, join me right now for a fun time with these aftermarket trainers. Hey, it's Carm here in the Vision 2020 studio. I'm with Dave Hobbs from Delphi Technologies, Peter Orlando from CTI WTI out in Raleigh, Jerry, G. Jerry Trulia from ATTS TST uh, trainers here at Vision. And uh, I think this is a treat to be able to listen to what's going on with, with trainers and their background perspective uh, as they look at the classes that they give the students that they have and the hard work it takes to, to build, to build a, a training thing. Uh, Dave, when you're standing in front of your class um, and, and getting ready to present, any nervous jitters ever? Oh, definitely. In fact, the fewer times I've taught the class, the more nervous jitters. But even when if I've done it over and over and over, it's like you never know who's going to be there, what the expectations are, especially vision. Vision's a high mark. 
I almost compare it to like a cult of super high tech <laughs> technicians. <laughs> and so like there's that pressure. And then once you're there and they start nodding, not nodding off, but nodding like they understand or they interact, they answer questions and so forth, then you can feel at ease. But that's just like I took Dale Carnegie many years ago. That's one of the things they taught us in uh, uh, public speaking is you need a little bit of nervous jitters for uh, animation, yeah. you know, so you're not like Ben Stein, the dry eyes guy. Gee, how many hours you have to put in to, to build a class? Oh, there's so many. It's it really does take months to put something. It's months. Up. Yeah, it's months. It's months. Yeah. Months. And, you know, my stuff, since it's real world, comes out of my shop. Yeah. There's pictures that you got to put in. There's stuff you got to move around. You have to document the story. You know, I'm lucky that I write for a magazine, so I'm, I'm so used to documenting stuff. Yeah. And I put the real world stuff in my class, and that's what the guys like. That's know? right. And that's, and when that's you, something that's important. And when you tell that story, you're part of the gang. You bet. Yeah. You're it. Exactly. You're, right. you're in with us. You're in you're the trenches. You're a peer. You're not just some, yeah. some instructor. The kind of relationships that you build with your students. At break time. And after class, the networking, and when they talk to you about the, you know, I had more questions, like, I guess maybe I talk pretty fast and maybe I don't give time for questions, but they come up a break and they got great questions. It turns into great conversations and you don't want to go back off a break. You just want to continue that, but there's only three or four people. So you owe it to the other 30, 40, 80, whatever, you know, to get back into the class. But that's where a lot of the real training happens right, but I think after you had a break or after class is over in between sessions. Right. I'd agree. But I think that's people that are embarrassed to ask the question. I always start a class True. with, look, I don't know everything because I want to get down. And a couple of people have come up to me and they go, you know what I like about you? You don't talk down to us. And I'm like, talk down to you. Why, why would I even think of talking down to anyone? Are you telling me that there are trainers that may do that? Uh, I'm just going by what people told me. I don't know. Well, I think I may have been doing it in the past with equipment. I'd be doing the air conditioning update classes. And I, I kind of thought to myself, well, you, everybody's got like a 2710. So you need to get up to the 2788 machine with the latest SAE standard, you know, for the small car, small capacity cars. And I started doing uh, with one of our customers, you know, tours, like the day of class, I, the evening, I would go out and like visit shops. And I'm seeing guys that are like laying a 30 pounder virgin can of 134A on the ground, not even on scale and the late model cars and they're charging it with pressures. And I'm like thinking, well, that's not right. But the dude's got more cars in his parking lot than, than probably my dad did when he's running a shop. So he's doing something right, but he's not doing AC right. So I quit. I quit being so much like equipment shaming, you know, uh -huh. and it's like, okay, here's the challenge. If you don't have a 2788 machine, you don't have the new 1234 YF machine, put it on your goal. Another way. So, you know, don't insinuate well, you you're a dummy if you don't have well, it. Well, you know, I think I know where you're going there. And what I always tell people is, you know, I got the G, got a half an O. If I had the other half an O and D, I'd be God. Only God knows everything. <laughs> and I tell them I made a mistake on that car. I even put it in writing in a motor rage article. And I think they like that because they, do. they realize, and even when I do a webcast, you know, this is live. And some people go, oh, no, no, you got to cut that out. I don't cut anything out. If it happened, it's going to happen to you. The real world stumbles are great. You, you know, I'm glad you said you do that too, G, because I had an instructor one time scold me because I had a case study of a bus electrical center that went up in flames from probing the wrong terminal. And the whole point was the bus electrical centers can be very, very delicate. Yeah. Outside, you got fuses, but inside, you can smoke them. And I admitted that I was the one that, <laughs> that burned it up. And they go, well, I would admit that you were the one. But I think 
You know, if I tell the dumb Dave tricks for the benefit of them learning from me not to do this, not to do that. Wait a minute. Is there going to be the book called The Dumb Dave Tricks coming out? You someday? ask my wife, it'll be three volumes, okay? <laughs> who's, who's on that bus, Dave? Yeah, 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 Fred's yeah. on that bus. <laughs> so, He's dumber than heck. Peter, Peter, do you find that, uh, or do you encourage your student, to, if they see you in the hall, they see you in the class, please come up, get my card, shake my hand, let, let, let's, let's become friends? Always. I encourage it. When I start my class, every class, I try and make sure that they understand just to kind of break the ice. I encourage any and all questions that you have as we go through this presentation. Something I say, something you see in the slides, something you read, please make sure you ask any questions. There's a reason why we, we write objectives, okay? We want everybody to understand you're here because you obviously want to be here. And I'd like to share with you up front what we expect as a group right. today as a class yeah. to learn. And hopefully if I hit all of those objectives, they can go back Tuesday morning, nine o'clock, you know, hit that car on the first one, the first job ticket and exercise or use, utilize something that they learned in class. And right. if again, they don't, we hope that the resources that they take with them are going to become valuable at some point in their careers i definitely encourage questions i say there's no such question as a dumb question right. only one you don't ask and i said you know look don't worry about the guy sitting next to you behind you in front of you he's a bigger a-hole than you are <laughs> so don't be afraid of it because it's adult education and we don't know what we don't know we have to ask a question networking guys have you ever gotten in front of your class you know there's there's 150 in the class and say do me a favor, shake the guy to the left or, or to the right hand and get to know this person because I'm, I want you to start building. That could be dangerous in New York. <laughs> oh, this is the coronavirus week right oh my god i know yeah well so not everybody knows when we're recording this i mean wow they they just canceled a whole bunch of big events Cornwell, STX. Yeah. They, they, yeah, microsoft it is it is outrageous to think that people must know something that we don't hey this year apex will be more of an aftermarket homecoming celebration than ever before. Not only will it have all kinds of exciting new things waiting for you, but most importantly, Apex 2020 will be where industry colleagues, friends, and family reunite after this time apart, and together it will drive the industry forward. I know I'm looking forward to it more than I ever have because I get to see all of you. Until we get there, keep yourselves and your families and your businesses healthy and safe. Now, there's no place like home, and we can't wait to welcome you home in November at Apex 2020. The power of being there, November 3rd through the 5th at the Sands Expo and Caesars Forum Conference Center in Las Vegas. Register now at aapexshow.com. To encourage his trainers in front of a group to help the techs that may be here for the first time or maybe are too bashful or maybe they're done with the class, they go to dinner, they go up to their room, then to figure out how to get a number, get an email, get a Facebook like, and, and to build their network. Isn't there value in that? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, and techs have an ego. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Ego is a good thing if it's healthy. Like a fighter pilot's got to have an ego that if I go up in the air... I can shoot down the enemy plane, 
period. A technician's got to have an ego or self-confidence to it. No matter what car comes in for whatever problem, I may have to call to get some help, but I can fix it. So that's great, but then they have to admit, I don't know enough, I need to know more, the guy sitting next to me may know more. So that kind of works against the humility of asking questions. The natural ego they need works against the humility of asking questions. I think there's definitely an embarrassment factor. I've been doing classes so many years. I think most people, male, female in your class, are afraid to ask questions. I walk the room. I move around through people all the time. I never stay in one spot because I'll go up and go, hey, Peter, how you doing? Hey, Dave. And and just give them confidence. You know that. And that seems yeah. to break the ice. That's good. It's a good idea. I yeah. like that. I just don't stand up front. When you're standing up front, you're like the priest. Did you hear what he just said? I like that. So my question now is, what are you guys doing to continually learn how to be a better uh, Right now, you're facilitating that, Carm. Oh, it's cool. Because we share stuff back and forth. And probably if we didn't have this venue to do this, we would be talking politics or wrenches or something. Something. So So wait till we get to the highlight idea. Yes. when When we're not writing, I can't tell you how extensive... The extensive amount of reading that goes along with doing the research for the products that we have to prepare, the curriculum that we have to develop, um, that is never ending. So whether it's SAE specifications or documentation from the OEs, we come to a, you know, a, a conference this large with the student base that we have here. We want to make sure that if they do come to class, they do have something to take back, which is that research and development that we all worked, you know, yes. so hard to produce right. and that and information put in front of them. Right. And I have your attention. Yeah. My, my students for three and four hours. I'm not going to see you again for, you know, another year. We hope to put something in front of and, them that. And you want to make sure when you put something in print, I keep, I call it the automotive Bible, the Bosch automotive handbook, version 10 through SAE. You have to sometimes have research, all data, pro demand, motologic, identifix. You need this stuff. Sometimes you may think something works a certain way. I want to triple check myself before I put it in writing because I don't want someone to get the wrong idea. I've read many articles over the years or something in a book that was not right. Okay. And it spreads. And even theories, I'll hear it from one instructor, I'll assume it's right, he did the research, and then I'll regurgitate it, and another instructor, and another, and before you know it, it's it's passed faster than the coronavirus, and it's misinformation. So I try to try to catch myself not to do that, to stop it when I can, but I'm sure I'm as guilty as the next person passing that on. Yeah, but a good diagnostician always wants to prove... Yeah, you know, find 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 the root cause. If so, if you read something, uh, wait a minute. If it's from this person, it's reliable. It's been published. You're going to assume it's right. I try to do multiple sources and as much as I can, hands-on validation. All right, right. Okay. that's the big thing. If you could really, you know, try to duplicate it hands-on, there's nothing better. You know, I, one thing I always noticed is if you don't do repeatability testing. Now we used to do this with dynos and stuff where you had to get the same results multiple times. Mm-hmm. If you don't get repeatability, who knows what you, you may just be in the wrong, the wrong arena. It's a fluke, a it's ghost, like that whatever. Balance, yeah. That balanced tire. Yeah. Take yeah. it off, dismount it, put it back on. Mm-hmm. If I spin it again, it better come up zeros. You True. True. If I can't do that, how can I trust my equipment? Oh, same you, with Peter. scopes. 
Yeah. Same with scan tools. Everybody. Getting back to the, the, the question in the class, we're so fortunate, um, again, at events like Vision, that we have technology at our fingertips that kind of um, assists our audiences now. This was the first year I actually worked with this class that I did uh, here at Vision this Thursday, the essential uh, electrical training for domestic OE schematics. This was the first time I used the question and answer uh, polling technology. Oh, I almost signed up for that. And How'd it, that go? It worked very well. It absolutely worked well because there's the anime. The you were able to run it by yourself? Yeah, well, it, exactly. I did. It's great. I did. And it did work because I had 12 questions strategically placed throughout the presentation that came from their books. Yeah. So I didn't want them to feel that although the question was on the big screen, that that question's not in your books. It is. And there's a big blank line there for you to put the answers. So you're actually leaving with all of those answers to those questions. And a good percentage of the audience answered the questions. So you know they're getting retention. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the three of us, and I probably speak for every instructor, we love the fact that they remember, they get retention, they can use that. Otherwise, we feel like we just, you know, we did a concert, we sang them a song, entertained right. them for an hour. So we want them to retain it, and if, if they answer those questions... That's good. And we, we love the feedback. And it was anonymous. Even if they say, you know what? You said you were going to talk about this one topic on bullet point three and your objectives. <laughs> you didn't. I need to hear that too. Oh, yes. Because yes. I got to fix myself. And, and let's say sometimes we kind of go off on a different tangent in case someone asks you a question. It's easy to oh, get my. into that. I I'm mean, I try to that. stay on track Ugh. where I, I look up at the screen, but. Boy, oh boy, sometimes that does happen. Oh. You go, uh, where yeah. was I? That goes off That's the rails. That's a big challenge, goes off the rails for me. Once in a while. It's, it's the real deal. Hey, G, what happens when your PowerPoints disappear from the cloud? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say it on the air. How about that? <laughs> All uh, right. I just, All right. I just had one, <laughs> yeah, I know. one nightmare there. We, we, we won't go into it, but I'm just sharing your pain with yes. the audience of what, what can happen. Uh, anybody ever fall asleep in the class? What do you do about it? Oh, that's one of these. <laughs> you just ruined my equipment. That's it. <laughs> I move around because yeah. I learned if you move your voice, then that sometimes wakes them up. But I also look, and if, and if they get, we were just talking to the Australian technicians, which I'm actually super inspired by these Australian oh, guys that yes. are here because they do so much with such little information. They don't get the Mitchell all data, no. you know, Toyota uh, text, you know, uh, TIS and all that. They don't get that. They can't get it in their country. They don't have like NAFTA and people going to their Congress, their parliament and, you know, uh, bending the ear and getting that, that dealer information. The dealers keep it to themselves. So, uh, but they're jet lagged. And when a gentleman shared with me, I think it's Chad from Australia, he said, yeah, you know, don't mind me. I'll just be walking along and almost fall over. And I've been there. I've, I've flown back from, and gee, you've been overseas the west yeah. to the to the far east. We fly, you fly back to the east, back to the U.S. Yeah. from the west. Yeah. It's usually worse. Yep. You'll just be going along with your business. And all of a sudden, it's almost like you have a sleep apnea. Yeah. You just fall yeah. over. You're out. Stuff. Yeah. I never, never no take doubt. it out of those guys. But yeah, try to try to make it lively because my dad had sleep apnea and he'd be sitting in a great AC Delco class or we used to do a lot of AC Delco classes back in the day and he would fall asleep. He'd fall asleep at the dinner table if he didn't have a fork in his hand, you know. Mm -hmm. No, that was, I was just a hardworking guy. There's the highlighter in your hand. Yeah, yeah there highlight. you go. If I have to. Yeah, well, you know what? That's a great no sleep thing. All right, That's guys, right. cover the highlighter for us, will you? <laughs> Do the highlighter. Come on. I, I don't teach a class without, I try to 
make sure that my students have highlight markers or at least a pen that they can underline in their books. And I make sure if I'm trying to make a point that I know is written in their book in a sentence that they can go back on, at least they have highlighted notes. And that takes their mind off and shifts their educational reference for a split second off of not just what I'm saying. I'm asking them to do I want to, if I'm not writing and I'm highlighting, maybe they're the same thing. I want to remember this. And if not, I want to have a reference to come back to the, yeah. to, to the books. One of the things that I learned, and I read a lot of business books. And in fact, let me show you. I just reached over to get a book that I'm reading called The Gift of the Struggle, Life-Changing Lessons About Leading. And if I want to remember something here. Oh, look at all those notes. Yeah. In the front, in the front cover, in the front couple of blank pages, I'll reference something that I want to go back to because I'll go out and I'll say, what book was that in? So instead of going through the entire book or the handout yeah. and trying to find it. Oh, by the way, I'm also backing up what I, what I want to remember from the front cover. So the front cover of the training manual could have reference notes because if they're using the manuals right, it becomes a resource. Yes. You know, I wonder why some texts... It's a tool in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Some texts are hesitant to write in their books. It could be because they just don't want to interact. You know, they're just kind of deadbeats. But it also could be, if I I just now thought of this, because I saw your book and it's like, it's ruined. You could never sell that book on the used market. I don't want Remember to. how we used to like get, we, we would get like fined <laughs> oh, in, school. Hus- in school oh, yeah, if we fine. marked in our books. Yeah. So that's ingrained into us or like more modern yeah. people, you know, yeah. you sell your college textbooks, you know, and get your money back. Yeah. Not if they're full of your notes, right. but if you keep them and these books we give out guys, they keep them forever, yes, right? Correct. I hope they don't throw them away. Most guys so I need, they to, I need to encourage that. Reference points back into that. the back of the book. And when they get there, the highlighter is focused on exactly where they need to look. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Pulls their eyes right in there. I'm kind of like you when I make reference notes like my SAE. Yeah. Um, my Bosch handbook is marked up with notes, the note sticky notes. And I'll put it as far into the book as I possibly can to leave just a little bit. And on the outside, like a tab, yeah, I'll write down lubricants. Perfect. I'll write down steering suspension. Right. Yeah, you must and have just, been to my house to see what I do. <laughs> oh, you remember Pete this morning when I that well they wouldn't write a lot of notes, but when I said take a picture of this bonus slide, oh yeah, oh my goodness, the it phones? was like fifty camera f- cell phones, smartphone cameras came out. I tell them that's the modern day note proceed. Did you feel procedure. like Taylor Swift up there? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't shoot me. They were oh. shooting the screen. Yeah, but you really don't. <laughs> hey, 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 look at. Guys, the young trainers that are coming up, needless to say, your hair color is the same as mine, Dave. I have none. (laughs) I think yours is, but it's hanging in the back. And I don't know what color yours is. This is um, the years of dogs. Okay. That's why I have no hair. You, you, you actually look just <laughs> yes. like Kojak. I just want to let you know. <laughs> Thank you. The point is, is that we're, we have to groom and grow new and young trainers. Correct. And I know there's a bunch of them coming up. Uh, how important is, is anyone who has a passion for training to, to try to figure out maybe how to do this? It's super important, but I think, you know, anyone coming up needs to pay their dues per se. You cannot become a Dave Hobbs or a Peter Orlando or a Thornton or a Bernie overnight. You're going to need to season, do yourself. A, season yourself little by little. And that doesn't mean, you know, to actually take a curriculum here yeah, yeah. that whether it was Delphi or in this case, you know, World Pack CTI and present it. Yeah. You got to be a presenter one way. My mentor, Armin Hines, that you probably remember, Armin Hines used to teach all over the world for the U.S. Army, full bird colonel. They flew him everywhere. 
This guy can, you believe he knows everything. That's how good this guy is. You have to sell yourself. Right. You have to change your voice, high or low. You got to keep people engaged. Yes. And you need to know that part. You also need to know a lot of knowledge. You're not going to know everything. And a little trick that I was always taught was there's always someone smarter than you. So you know what you do? Hey, calm. What do you, what do, you do? What type of call? Oh, I'm a BMW expert. Dave, oh, I'm GM. I worked for GM 34 years. Peter, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Mercedes guy. I'm going to remember these guys, and I'm going to call on them because guaranteed they do know more than me. But sometimes young people come up, and it can be super cocky, especially on some social media stuff. <laughs> they push each other to get to the top, and that's not the real way to go. They got to earn their dues, and what they're teaching is that correct? How do you get a break? Well, you know what? How we got a break years back, like in the New York State program, you went under someone. How do you get a break in really being a good tech? You should work under a master. Tech. But, we, but we there's meant, also companies like WTI mentor, and yeah. uh, we recognize and we meant you've got a ton of trainers. Are you the only trainer at Dave? Delphi yeah. full time? We have contract trainers, but I'm the only full time guy. Okay. Oh, really? Now only full time? Wow. Yeah, it's one. I got a guy that I'm breaking in. One guy that works for me, and he's a young guy, and I am breaking him in because I said, "Hey, I can't do this forever. No. We need people that are knowledgeable. He's good, and you got to develop your personality." And the beautiful thing about the industry that we're in is they're in our audience. Carm, they're there. They're there. They're there. You just have to source them out. You know, I, one of my tasks, official tasks, is to vet. To, to recruit and vet contract instructors for okay. Delphi right. Technologies. And we have a, a guy who's really good at sales. His, I think his dad might have been a mechanic, and, and he does, you know, wrenching at home just, you know, for, for his own maintenance and so forth. But he sold parts forever. He's really a knowledgeable guy, very personal guy, a good sales guy, and he wants to do training. And I'm thinking, well, you'd be great for the service rider classes and that kind of thing. But on the other hand, on the technical courses, he doesn't have the depth yep. to really attack it uh, that deep, and if he gets asked, he could maybe learn the material and recite it very well. But if he gets asked questions, yeah, he could be in trouble. You got to back it up with real world real experience, world. Yes, right? Yes, and be able to relate. He can relate to the technicians because he sells in parts. So I have, I have a hope for him. What my mentor and my hero that inspired me to get into training was Gib Hunter from Macy Delco. He was an English high school teacher. And he would not claim to be, I'm not a tech. I don't know like you guys do, but GM has sent me through all their training. I know this material. I'm going to present it to you. And then you tell me what you think. We respected that humility. And we didn't pick on him because he'd never done a valve job or, you know, uh, put a piston ring in. And uh, it worked out great. We respected Gibb. And I thought he knew everything. Well, he could be he like a good water. actor, right? He could be like a good actor. Yeah, but yeah. And that's he, important as well. Yeah. He, he was a teacher. He was a teacher. Yeah. And, and, and you guys are technicians that wanted to become and are good trainers. Right. Not every good tech is a good teacher. Not yeah, every good yeah. teacher is a good training Absolutely. of techs, yeah, trainer of techs. True. Everybody asked me, you know, what were you going to do for your promo video? And I said, I'm going to try and tie... Um, you know, musicianship and to be in a technician. And the easy way to do that is you go into a toolbox to grab a, you know, a specific tool to, you know, perform a specific task, do a, you know, a specific job. When my bandmates ask me, you know, Peter, you know, begin Aerosmith's, you know, walk this way. Yeah. And do you have to know the song as a musician? What do you think? I said, yeah. Cause especially if the audience, 
in this case, we're talking about technicians, but you could imagine if you went to a concert and you knew that they, they began your favorite song and somebody hits a bad note and you know the song like the back of your hand, the whole audience is going to know you made a mistake. Right. right. There's You're no such thing yeah. as 96%. She, There's no such thing as 99% when you're dealing with music. When you're dealing with fixing cars, we should have and strive yeah. for that same percentage. We, you know, we, we're not perfectionists, no. but we yeah. should at least strive we, for We perfection. should. But let me tell you something else. You ask what it takes to be a trainer. What it takes to be a trainer is an audience that gives you grace sometimes. I just thought of my first vision classes, I want to say 18 years ago. Oh and I did a Fred Takes the Bus, you know, a data busing. And I was really good at it. I liked it. I already did the video and everything. And I felt I did a good job, knocked out of the park. Then I did a variable valve timing, GM 4200 engine class. And I was nervous as all get out. I had never presented it yet. And I had totally stunk. And there were enough professional gentlemen in that class. It gave me good enough marks. There were some people that hacked me up like I deserved, but there was enough where Sherry had me back in the future. I thought, well, you did a good one. Then you'd laid an egg. You'll never come back. Or they won't have any mercy. They did. The, the organizations have mercy and have you back. And the technicians come back and they see you get better. Just like you start out as a new tech. You're not going to be the ace. I love like what he just said. said. I love what he just said. Yeah. And you get better. You do. Always. You do. Yeah. You know, for years, I taught uh, Aspire stuff that wasn't mine when I wasn't writing curriculum and other other companies as well. Yeah. There's a big difference, I think, when you're doing that. You're more of a presenter. When you start writing your own curriculum and you know it, you lived it, it's a lot easier. It is. And I think you come across like, wow, you know, this guy really knows this stuff. And that's what I like to hear from the tech. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to tell you, we can go on for, for hours. Can I ask you all this? Can we do part two next year right here? Well, you'd love we to. We certainly can. We could yeah. do it at the big event. <laughs> Are you all going to be there? I'll be there. I'll be there. I have to be there. Well, now I have to be there now. <laughs> you got to be there. Listen, if you're not, right, not going to be there, we'll, we'll get somebody to pinch hit for you, okay? Uh, we will. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much to uh, G. Jerry Trulia from ATTS and TST at Gosh, Dave Hobbs is here from Delphi Technologies. And my new friend, Peter Orlando from CTI WTI out of Raleigh. Hey, guys, uh, this was great. To my audience, if you don't learn something from this, shame on you. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you for having you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 